Welcome to River of Life Church Sermon of the Week. You'll be able to find all sermons and podcasts at our website at goriver.org forward slash media or other streaming platforms. To access all resources, visit us online at goriver.org. Now be equipped and encouraged by today's message. Talk about to those who want to be married or if you're dating and maybe you're engaged for our three couples. We say this, Kristen and I say this uh, in counseling sessions, but we, all, we say this to our kids and we have said this to our kids all the time. You can always say no until you say yes. <laughs> you can always say no until you say yes. That means before you're married, if it doesn't feel right, you can always say no. But when you say you're yes, then you're in it. Come on, somebody. You're in it. You're the 35, 40-year, 50-year couples. My mom and dad have been married for almost 52, 53, I can't keep up, um, 53, 54 years right now, and uh, they're pretty amazing. So today my hope, and this is gonna sound really harsh, but I'm gonna say it. Today my hope and pray is that some of you get married because of these messages. Or married, or some of you might even break up because of these messages. And you go, man, pastor, that's crazy. Well, the reality is this, is that you can't marry the right person if you're dating the wrong one. You can't marry the right person if you're dating the wrong one. So we're gonna attempt to answer the questions that everyone has, especially people that I talk to all the time, and they ask this question. How do I find the right person to marry? How do I find the right person to marry? Who has ever asked that question before in your life? How do I know if they're the right person. Now, dating has changed since even I was dating or whatever you want to call that phrase, looking for the right one, okay? Those days have changed, but I remember those days. Anybody remember those days? The way that I used to date was this. I would be like Joey off of Friends, and I would say, how you doing? Can you show that slide real quick? Is it? How you doing? Yes. Was sitting on her car. The hood was flat. And then I sat on it and it smiled. And I went, and I went, how you doing? And, and I went like this. And, I went, and she goes, can you get off my car, please? <laughs> so awesome. But dating's changed. Now there's an app for that, right? I mean, but how, 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 how can someone date in today's world, right? If you're single, you know what I mean. I mean, the apps out there are Christian Mingle. Farmers only. <laughs> or maybe, you know, if you're slick, you go, hey, girl, let me slide into your DMs. You did that? Oh, Jesus, help us. Or, or, or you go, you attend the legacy group, right? One of our small groups here and you go, uh, you look for the person, the perfect one. They got their Bible open and they're got it highlighted and you go, girl, you're a nine out of 10 and I'm the one you're looking for. Right. You know? I remember back in the day signing up my friend. Let me just preface it this way. Um, my, my friend, he was also like one of the secretaries at the church that I used to work at. He used to leave his Facebook open all of the time. 
Every, every computer he logged into, he had his Facebook open. So I told him, I said multiple times, I said, hey man, you've got to close your Facebook. If you don't, someone's gonna do something bad to it. You gotta close your Facebook. And so again, he left it open. So I decided to sign him up for Christian Mingle <laughs> as a joke. And what was awesome about it, then I thought, you know, with me, my personality is don't stop, like take it a step further, right? So I thought, well, I'm gonna set up a fake wedding for him. And I did. And I set it up at his place of employment, Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> it was powerful. So many people responded, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're getting married. And then I would say on there, I said, yes, come dress as your favorite Chuck E. Cheese character. <laughs> I'm, and then I said, I'm gonna be the rat. It was just so awesome. So how do you find that right person? What I propose to you this morning, instead of asking that question, how do I find the right person? I propose to say, how do, how do I become the right person? How do I become the right person? See, the reason this question matters is because you don't attract what you want, you attract what you are. You don't attract what you want, you attract what you are. A story that I often quote that I heard years ago, which honestly is an honest but brutally honest story, okay, was about a girl that was a Christian she went to Christian school, was very down to earth, loved God, but then she decided to go to college. She got to college, didn't have very many friends, got involved in the party life. Started drinking, started, started uh, doing promiscuous things with other guys, started just kind of spending herself out there until one day she met that person. And she came back home. This guy was awesome. He had a job, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> Girls, don't bear nobody with no job. Okay, he had a job. He was a good Christian guy. He loved God, went to church, was part of groups. He was that kind of a guy that you would say, he's gonna be a leader of a home. She got home, told her mom, mom, I think I found the one. And her mom very gently and very honestly said, sweetie, a guy like that is not looking for a girl like you. In other words, if you're living in a way right now that it's not Christ honoring, it's not gonna attract someone of that caliber and what you're looking for. Andy Stanley put it this way. Become the type of person the person you're looking for is looking for. Become the type of person the person you're looking for is looking for. So let's get into these three qualities you need before marriage. So when we start talking about relationships and how to get into relationships, there's a ton of resources, ton of resources. As a matter of fact, as a youth pastor, right, I used to give advice to my teenagers, don't date court. You need to court somebody, court them, right? You need to court them because dating's not in the Bible, I would say to them. You know, the other resource that a lot of people use is watching The Bachelor, they casually date, they make out with five, fall in love with two, but only give one rose. That's a great way to live, guys. And now they got the golden bachelor. That's weird. One pastor will say, make a list of everything you want. And that's what Kristen did. Another pastor will say, rip up the list. Three friends will say to you, you should really use dating apps. Other friends say, you're not trusting God if you use dating apps. What I suggest to you today, before going to Facebook, TikTok, or your friends, 
that you go to the one who created relationships and marriage for wisdom and relationships. 1 Corinthians chapter seven is a whole chapter on relationships and Paul shows us through this chapter that being married is not our purpose in life. You crazy pastor. Being married is not our purpose in life. And what you'll find out in scripture as you begin to read it, you'll find out that John the Baptist wasn't married. Paul the apostle wasn't married. You know who else wasn't married? Jesus. He wasn't married. See, 1 Corinthians chapter seven, verse seven through eight says this. I wish that all were as myself. This is, this is uh, the apostle Paul talking. He says, I wish that we were all as myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of a kind and one, and one of another. To the unmarried and to the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. And what Paul is saying right here when he's saying this, in essence, he's saying singleness is a gift. Singleness is a gift. And some of you might be saying, that's a gift that I want to exchange. That's something that I want to give back and exchange it for something else because it sure doesn't feel like a gift. Paul goes on to say in verse 35 of 1 Corinthians 7, he says, I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraints upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your what? Undivided devotion to the Lord. It secures, being single is a gift because it secures your undivided devotion to the Lord. So what's he saying? He's saying this, being married is not our purpose in life, but our purpose in life should be is to live with undivided devotion to Jesus. So instead of looking for the right person, we need God to create us to be the right person. So these three qualities of marriage, I'm gonna hit briefly, that you need before you're married. Number one is to be secure in Christ to be secure in Christ, to have strong character, and also to be planted in community, to be planted in community. So let's talk about being secure in Christ and what that means. Listen to me. If you're married or if you're not married, if you're engaged or you never want to be married or engaged, this is the one that all of us need to know, is to be secure in Christ. Because if you wanna end up married and happy, Start single and secure. If you want to end up married and happy, start single and secure. Have you guys ever dated or been with somebody that's an insecure person? Don't, don't, don't do this to your spouse, okay? <laughs> that insecure person says things like this. I'm going to tell you something at the end of this. Insecure people sound like this. Do you like me? Do you like me? Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Um, who are you texting right now? I need to know who you're texting. Who, who are you making plans with? Right? Or you just straight up stare at her until you make sure that she notices you. I'm actually describing me. That's, that's how I was with Kristen. Are you mad at me, sweetie? It's like, don't call me sweetie, first of all. I don't barely know you. <laughs> Second, no, I'm not mad at you. Quit asking me. Do you like me? Barely. 
Or better yet, I would go frozen in time, looking at her till she notices me, and then I would do a breakdance move. <laughs> Just to make sure she knew that I was thinking of her. Because breakdance move, break moves always, always work. <laughs> I can honestly say that I was insecure. And what that did, in turn, was it turned Kristen further away from me. Because my insecurity was not attractive. You become the person that you're looking for, like you want to be. See, when it comes to relationships, insecure people need more and they settle for less. Insecure people need more and settle for less because they always need outside reassurance for themselves. Tell me you like me. Tell me this, show me that. I need your attention. I need your attention. I need your attention. They need this reassurance. They look for meaning in dating. And eventually what happens is they settle for less because they're simply looking for validation. You will find somebody more insecure than you that will validate you, but it will not be a healthy relationship. I remember hearing this one time as I was studying, actually. It says, when you constantly apologize for what you ask like this, this might sound like a stupid question or I may not be asking the right thing. You may think that that sounds humble, but in reality, you come across as insecure and you undersell your value to everyone in the room. When you start off a question, like, I, I know this is a dumb question, you just degraded yourself. And the reason why most people do that is because they don't value who Christ is inside of them. They don't value themselves and who Christ created them to be. So here's how we've been conditioned to be insecure, especially in the realms of relationships. I'm gonna show you some movie quotes and some slides here in just a moment. I've never seen the notebook. Anybody seen the notebook before? Right? In the notebook, the character Noah says, no matter what happens to us, every day with you is the best day of my life. I need you to make it the best day of my life. Or Rose on the Titanic. She says, I'll never let you go, I promise. And then actually ended up letting him go. <laughs> right, or Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise's character, Jerry Maguire. What was his favorite quote? You complete me. You complete me. See, we've been conditioned to believe that we need someone else's validation for our security to know who we are. And the reality is this, marriage doesn't complete you, only Christ completes you. Marriage doesn't complete you, only Christ completes you. Colossians chapter two, verses nine through 10, I'm gonna read it out of the Berean Study Bible. It says this, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form, and you have been made complete in Christ. The problem is, is our culture says something completely different. The predominant cultural message is you can't be happy without your soulmate. Even in the church, as well-intentioned as we are, we say things like, you aren't complete until you're married. You're a second-class Christian if you're not married. The devil, he's really great at this too. He says, there must be something wrong with you if you're not married. There must be something wrong with you. 
And if no one's ever told you yet, today you're gonna hear it from me. In Christ, you are made complete and you are made whole. You don't need something or someone else to bring security in your life. Amen? You're valuable and you have indescribable worth. And that's why you should never lower your standards or compromise your values. Don't settle. You don't have to trade your body or value for love. You don't have to. As the famous theologian once said, if you really care and love and you're looking for that person, the famous theologian said, Beyonce, she said, if you love it, you should have put a ring on that. If you love it, then you should have put a ring on it. Right? No ring, no thing. Here's the difference. Insecure people need more instead of for less. However, secure people need less and expect more. Secure people need less and expect more. The more I tried to impress Kristen, the more needy I was and I became. And, and more turned off, more, I shouldn't even say turned off, more repulsed she was <laughs> by me. But it was when I became secure in Christ, knowing my value, knowing my worth, knowing who I was in Christ and knowing God's calling on my life, and I didn't need her to fulfill my life, that's when things started to change and transition. We became better friends. I remember saying this a lot when I was kind of going through this. Do you remember this saying, Kristen? I would say, forget homegirl, I don't need her anyway. That's what I would say all the time. I'd be around my friends, I'd go, forget homegirl, I don't need her. I was trying trying to drudge up my inner gangster, right? The reality was is this. During that time, I was finding my purpose in my, in, in my relationships with Jesus instead of my relationship with her. And when that flipped, I became what she was looking for. And let me tell you something today. In all honesty and truth, I married up. And sometimes I'm still amazed that Kristen actually chose me. I don't, I, sometimes I go, man, that's awesome. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not chicken. Our purpose isn't to be married, but to live a life wholly devoted to Jesus. So if you wanna find the right person, become the right person. Number one quality you need in your marriage is to be secure, or in your relationships, is to be secure in Christ. Be secure in Christ. Number two, and I'm gonna blaze through this. With God's help, the second attribute that we need quality is strong character. Strong character. It's common to think that I wanna have fun right now. I'll get serious about Jesus later, but right now, I wanna do whatever I want to do. I wanna remind you of something. If you're listening here today with your heart, You don't build a life of righteousness on a foundation of sin. What you're doing today matters, and what you do today will matter what happens tomorrow. It does matter. The choices you make now will shape your destiny in the future. 
So what does strong character look like? Well, according to Paul, Paul told Timothy this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. He said, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Another way to say that in today's modern language is I want to be wholly devoted to Jesus in these categories, in my words. I want to be wholly devoted to Jesus in my words. What comes out of your mouth is directly what's in your heart. So what's in your heart, so if it's in your heart, it's gonna come naturally outside of you, no matter what you try to do. If it's here, it'll come out here. So is your heart today full of honor, full of life, full of encouragement? Or can you, or can I, better yet, or even can God, tell the difference between what you say you are compared to what you're living now? If I were to listen to you, would your voice and with the words coming out of your mouth sound like a TV mature Netflix special that you just watched? Or would it be Christ honoring? Got to be an example in your words. You're wholly devoted to him in your words. You're wholly devoted to him in your behavior. How you live now, again, will affect your future. Listen to me. If you've got kids and you're married or maybe you're not married and you have children, what you do now will shape the way your children turn out. Because the Bible is very, very clear. Very clear. Train up a child in the way they should go and they will not depart from it. And most of us think that's okay, Junior, we're gonna sit down and we're gonna learn 62 scriptures. If you don't, I'm gonna whip you with the belt. No, not really. That was actually my schooling. That's... I had to memorize over 300 scriptures. So did Kristen. We didn't get whipped with the belt, though. <laughs> no, what that means is this, is the way that you act, your children will naturally pick up on, and they will not depart from it. So the choices you make now, your behavior now matters, not just for your relationship with your wife, but for your children and their children's children. Be wholly devoted in your behavior. Be wholly devoted in your love. How do you treat others with love of God? How do you treat others with the love of God or with judgment? Be wholly devoted in your faith. Does faith in God consume your life? I say this all the time. Don't marry somebody who doesn't love God more than you. Don't marry somebody who doesn't love God more than you. Oh, but he's got such pretty eyes. Give it a few years, those eyes will have bags, I promise. Beauty is fading, man. It'll go away, but what's in the heart is what matters. Be wholly devoted to God in your faith. Be wholly devoted to God in your purity, sexual integrity. I remember saying, once I get married, that's gonna take care of my lust problem, my lust issue. The reality is this, if you don't allow God to help you and take care of your lust problem now, you'll just have a lust problem with a ring on. Marriage doesn't solve lustful issues or sexual temptation. But what does solve that? It's the hot, searing love of Jesus Christ in your life. And then also your willingness to surrender and submit that to him as a part of your life. Trust me, guys. And, I, and I'm speaking to the guys because I'm a guy, but this doesn't exclude women either. You're not strong enough to handle it yourself. 
Allow Jesus to highlight and heal the real issue behind the issues of your heart. So you want to, you want to marry somebody with strong character, then develop strong character. Develop strong character. Number three, plant it in community. Plant it in community. So we've had become secure in Christ. We've had, I know, I was swallowing. We've had strong character, <laughs> quality. And then the last quality is planted in community. If you want to have a strong relationship in marriage, I can't tell you how important it is to have a strong, God-loving community you're planted in. And let me tell you, that's the key. The key word in that is planted. Planted. Listen to me, and I'm speaking to you as your pastor. It's time we stop with the I'll go here and I'll go there attitude and mindset. It's time to get rooted in a community. Because when you have this idea of I don't wanna just be there, I wanna be here, I wanna be there, I wanna do this, I wanna do that, you may think that it's big global, big capital C, but really it is, it's actually rooted in pride because you don't wanna submit under leadership. Christ is the head of the church, just like in home. Christ is the head of the church. He's the head of your household, and we have to submit to what he wants. Now, I don't know about you. I've never seen a plant leave the garden. Have you? I've never seen a plant get up and walk and go, I'm just gonna go try another patch of grass. <laughs> now, I've seen them uprooted, but that never happens on its own. A plant doesn't leave on their own. Why? Because the roots... Because of their roots, they grow, are stronger when they are in the garden together. When they're in the garden together, they're planted together and their roots become stronger. The other reason why I've never seen a plant walk and go check out something else is because plants don't walk. That was supposed to be a joke. It didn't, didn't go as far as I thought it would. <laughs> so it's impossible to mix these two together, it will be very difficult, very, very difficult, guys, if the main community or your friends that you hang out with are not strong believers. Why? Because their values will not match your values, and better yet, will not match the values of the word. So if you've got a community that is not God-loving and God-fearing, I'm not saying don't be with them, I'm saying this, be careful of the roots you plant with them. Close friends, you can play some music back there. Close friends and intimate connections are important to have in any relationships. The strength of your community will shape the quality of your marriage. The strength of your community will shape the quality of your marriage. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says this. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. One of my beloved mentors, and she doesn't know this because I never really spoken to her, but I just always constantly followed her as a youth pastor. Her name is Jeannie Mayo. And Jeannie Mayo said this one time, and it stuck with me since I was a youth pastor back in 1998, 97. She said this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. The two best pieces of advice I've ever heard from me personally was when you're gonna get married, you're getting married to them, not to change them. 
And the second one, you gotta learn to fight. You gotta learn to fight as a couple because all couples fight. Good couples fight fair and bad couples fight dirty. But you don't get those kinds of roots. You don't get those kinds of influences in your life if you have an unhealthy community. You get those kinds of things when you're in a strong community that model good churches and good marriages. I was very blessed to have a family, my mom and dad, that loved God and showed me what it was like to have a healthy marriage. To be honest with you, it's where I got the, yes, dear, whatever you want from. But in reality, most people in today's world don't have that model. So let me speak to the church real quick. Church, if you're married here today, let's model what good, healthy marriages look like. Because people in the world and people in the church are looking to us for that. They're starving for truth. They're hungry to see what it's like to, is it possible to have good, healthy marriages is what they're asking. And guys, we've got the greatest opportunity to display that to the world. Number two, if you're dating someone that doesn't value what you value, get out. It's not worth the fight later in your relationships. Trust me. I've seen too many couples say this about the other person. I can change him. I can change him. I can change him. Listen to me. You ain't gonna change anything. If anything changes, you'll lower your standards to their standards. The bottom line to community is this. The life you have is a result of who you're with. The life you have is the result of who you're with. So as I close, if you want to be marriageable, if you want to be married material, number one, become secure in Christ, not secure in someone fulfilling you. Have strong character. Stop settling for less because you feel like time might be running out. Don't settle for less. Listen, people... They come up with the weirdest reasons to get married. Well, it's time's, time's a ticking. I gotta get on this right away. All my friends are getting married. They're all getting married. Do you trust God or do you not trust God? If you have those thoughts in your mind, it's because you're looking to someone else to make you happy. And powerful people know that happiness is an inside job. The last one is get yourself planted in healthy community with healthy people. Let me encourage you, if you're dating, engaged, thinking about getting married, find some couples in the church, in this church, or maybe outside of the church, but specifically within this church, that you go, I want my marriage to be like that. And then you know what? Go, go, go befriend them. You go to them. You take the initiative. Get out of our southern lacrosse ways our Wisconsin ways, and you take a step and you go, you know what, I value the way that your marriage is. Will you help me and my almost gonna be husband and wife? Because I would love for our marriage to be like yours. Then hang out with them. I'll pay for supper. I'll do whatever. Tell them that. Because it's the church's responsibility as much as it is the person's responsibility to exemplify what good, healthy marriages look like.
Isn't that good? So I just want us all to bow our head and close our eyes real quick. I'm just gonna ask two questions here this morning, then I'm done. If you're here today, first things first, I always ask this question because it's extremely important. If you don't know who Jesus is today, and you want to know who he is, if you've never committed your life to him, if you've never said the prayer, Father, I need you. If you've never done that before and you want to, I want you to raise your hand real quick and put it right back down. Is there anybody in the house that says, that's me? Awesome. Second, because of the topic and what we're talking about, you might be married, and that's okay. This doesn't pertain to you. But if you're single here today, whether you're a widow, whether you're thinking about getting married, whether you're engaged, will you commit in your heart, and I'm not gonna look, no one's gonna look, but will you commit in your heart today by a show of hands, just to signify faith in this, will you commit in your heart today that I will be secure in Christ, with God's help, I will have godly character and I will be planted in community. Can you just raise your hand real quick? Now, those of you who are married, if you're here, will you say, Jesus, I wanna exemplify to the best of my ability, the best of our ability, to show off what a good marriage, healthy marriage is. Even in the middle of our disagreements and arguments, Father, I know that you love us and I wanna be that. If that's you, just raise your hand. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. God, we love you. We thank you so much for your presence and your spirit. I ask this morning that you will continue to move in our hearts and our lives. God, continue to strengthen us in our marriages and our relationships. God, put in our hearts a burning desire to be secure in you, to have good character. Father, to be planted in community. God, we honor you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.